So the big question is this. How are gigging musicians like us, who don't make any money streaming, who are spending money from our own pockets, how do we treat our music careers as online businesses in a way that lets us get our music and the things we believe in out to the world, yet still remain profitable? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Jared Judge, and welcome to the Gigging Musician Podcast. What's up, Gigging Pros? It's Jared Judge. Welcome to another episode of the Gigging Musician Podcast. This is episode three of the high-paying gig type series, where I've been sharing the different gig types that pay you and your bandmates ten times more than what you could get at a bar gig, or even some orchestral gigs if you play in orchestras. And uh, the first one was weddings, which I love weddings. If you didn't have a chance to listen to that one, you know, just go back two episodes and you will hear that episode. Uh, The second type was corporate events, which I also love corporate events because companies got lots of money. They spend money to make money, which is a good principle that I encouraged everyone to apply to their music careers too. And then this third episode is about nonprofit events. So you might be thinking, nonprofits, they don't have any money. How could they possibly hire a musician for their events? But for those of you who have played nonprofit events, you know they've got money because, again, they are spending money to make money. What do I mean by that? Well, one of, uh, you know, think about your typical nonprofit. They all have a mission. They have something their organization does. For example, you know, uh, Feeding America, their goal is to feed people who are not able to feed themselves. So they obviously need money for all those meals. They need money for the infrastructure to deliver those meals and so forth. Same for like the Boys and Girls Club. You know, their mission is to give a safe space and mentorship to children who lack that. So that's their mission. They need money to deliver on that mission. They've got to hire the staff. They have got to basically uh, advertise their services. They've got to run their administration. So they need money. It's an expensive operation to run a nonprofit. And so one of their key functions is raising money. And many nonprofits have an entire department dedicated to raising money. It's called uh, development. And I actually served as director of development for a nonprofit once where you got to raise lots of money and you got to ask wealthy donors to open up their wallets and contribute towards the cause. And so this is relevant to musicians because these nonprofits host galas. These are typically annual fundraising events in addition to other fundraising events throughout the year. But at these galas and events, their main goal is to raise money. They got to get the wealthy donors to open up their wallets and support the cause. And one of the ways they do that is by hiring entertainment. They want to make these wealthy donors have a great time at their gala and get them emotionally invested in the cause to the point where they open up their wallets and write bigger checks than they have in the past. So if you imagine these galas, you know, I've played several of these galas and they typically happen in large ballrooms. One of them actually happened outdoors at a golf club under a big tent. It kind of felt like being at a a circus. But typically it's an indoor large ballroom and people get dressed up really fancy. They have catered food, typically open bar as well. Like, you know, why would they 
have a nonprofit event with an open bar. Why are they spending money on alcohol? Well, for the same reason they spend money on musicians, which is to help them open up the wallets of the donors. So they treat these are kind of like corporate events. So if you listen to the corporate event podcast yesterday, it's actually a very similar process. Um, there are a couple tweaks to it, a couple quirks about them, which is that not all nonprofits are scaled up to the way that corporate events are. And so you will get some nonprofits that try to ask you to render services for less than what you're actually uh, worth, which I've encountered a couple times. I actually did a podcast uh, probably a year and a half ago about this, actually. Uh, I think it's called A Nonprofit Tried to Stiff Me. And I want to listen to that one again. I might have changed my philosophy on that, especially with my approach about sponsoring nonprofits. Um, but basically, the way to get these gigs is similar to corporate events. A lot of it is about networking and having a very strong online presence, both with your website and with social media. And, you know, you want to get on the radar of these event planners. There's a lot of overlap between the event planners who plan nonprofit events and corporate events. And so getting on the radar and really networking in the events industry is a shortcut to getting these events. And so they will have their gala that's coming up. And then you'll get somebody reaching out to you saying, hey, we're hosting the blank gala. For example, one of the gigs that I did was American Cancer Society Gala. Um, are you guys available? How much does it, does it cost? And then you'll give your price. And then definitely use a contract, secure the date, and then accept payment. You know, I always say, take your booking fee right up front, somewhere between 25 and 50% and then get the balance a week before. This is for all gig types. Uh, the quirks about nonprofits, though, is that some of them, because they do treat what they do as a business, as we musicians should, is that they might have uh, rules about the contracts, like they might actually have their own contract that they will send to you. Uh, you have to read that over. You could have a lawyer look it over, too. Um, I haven't really gotten a contract from a nonprofit that was weird or I didn't want to sign. So that's just kind of some info about that. And then their payment terms. I didn't mention this on the corporate one. Most corporations will actually be able to pay you uh, 100% in advance. But some of them, if they've got like a payroll or, you know, accounting department that has strict rules, is that they might not be able to pay you until after the gig with what's called net 30-day terms. What that means is that it's standard practice. They pay for the services that they've hired 30 days after they were rendered. And so that's just their rules. And you can either be mad about that or you can accept that, hey, this is just one of the rules of playing this game for both corporate and nonprofit events and accept it and get more corporate events because of it because there will be some musicians who get so pissed about that that they take themselves out of eligibility for these multi-thousand-dollar gigs simply because they don't want to wait 30 days until after they play the gig to, to play them. But if you treat your music career as a business, then you understand that you will have cash flow available to cover your expenses between them. You know, don't just like, I have to pay my rent. Let me wait until this gig uh, pays me to pay my rent, like you got to plan and budget in advance for that. 
And when you're in the hiring process for this gig, like they will let you know that. And they're not just going to spring that on you after you play the gig. You say, where's my check? And then they're like, well, you'll get it in a month from now. So that's some considerations about nonprofit gigs. The other consideration I mentioned earlier is that not all nonprofits have this kind of budget for entertainment. And they might ask you to, like, you reduce your rate. They'll ask you, do you have a nonprofit rate? And what I do for that is it really depends. Like, as a band leader, I don't discount my band's services. Like, I want to pay out my musicians what they deserve for every gig, which means the choices I have then are to reduce my own pay, to accept their request of a discount, or not take the gig at all. And, you know, I, to make that decision, I think about the nonprofit. Is this a nonprofit that I would normally support and to donate my own time and money to? And if it is, then I will consider reducing my rate in exchange for what, uh, what we would call it a sponsorship. So I did a whole episode about sponsoring nonprofit gigs. This is where that factors in. Um, although you can have an aggressive strategy where you choose to sponsor nonprofit events, that would be a great way to break into the nonprofit scene it's by sponsoring events right out of the gate because, you know, nonprofits would love some free entertainment. However, they are also willing to pay for it. So it is a choice that you have to make. It's a strategic one. It's like, what chess move am I going to make? I'm not just reacting to, you know, somebody trying to capture my king in chess. So, yeah, that, that's kind of the overview of nonprofit events. I will share a quick story about that American Cancer Society gig that we played. Uh, this was for my group, Dream City Strings. I don't remember the exact year. I think it was like 2018 or so. We got asked to play the American Cancer Society Gala in Milwaukee. And I said yes. The gig was a full-paying gig, including sound engineering. And it coincided with a time that a couple of the people who were working with me on starting up Dream City Strings, like from the, the b business side and book live, they were in Milwaukee. We were doing like a, a hackathon. We were working together on stuff, doing lots of whiteboarding and planning to take over the world. <laughs> and so they were in town. And it was also when the Milwaukee Brewers were in the NLCS, which was like, you know, the... Um, what is the NLCS? I don't remember even what that stands for. National League Conference Series or something. It's basically like the step right before the World Series, which is a big deal for the Milwaukee Brewers. And so they were in town. They were ready to uh, to party. But the problem was we went, we're going to the NLCS right after the American Cancer Society Gala was happening. And so we decided, let's have all three of us go to this gig that other musicians were playing like i'd hired out other musicians to play this gig let's go to this gig and take some pictures and you guys just get to experience a gala and <laughs> this was when i was a bit more naive than i am right now and it was a mistake having those people there because i had told the organizers like my setup crew which wasn't completely untrue they did help set up the chairs and the sound equipment but then, you know, they were dressed real nice and then went about being party guests at this gala. So they were kind of crashing a party and the organizer noticed. And I got an email 
I actually think they mentioned it in a review of our group afterwards. They're like, yeah, it didn't seem like it took three people to set up. And it's like, crap, that was a big mistake. So don't do what I did. You know, treat these gigs like the true professional I know you are. And yeah, uh, be, be professional. Treat the gigs with respect. Don't bring anyone extra. That was a dumb mistake on my part. <laughs> but I've obviously learned from it. I'll still make mistakes here and there, but, you know, not that one. So I hope that was a helpful insight on the high-paying gig world of nonprofit events and the strategies on how to get them and how to maintain a good reputation that gets you asked to play future nonprofit events. And don't forget, like, when you play one gig type, you magnetically attract other gig types. I've had it happen where we played a nonprofit event and somebody in the audience it is a CEO of a corporation because, you know, that's those are the typical donors to these nonprofits. They're like, oh, man, your act was so good. We got to have you at our corporate event. Are you available for our holiday party? So one gig type magnetically attracts others. And so it's just a matter of getting in the game and being aggressive enough to stay in the game and make those connections. Hopefully that was helpful. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Gigging Musician podcast. Remember, you are just one gig away. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Gigging Musician Podcast. If you like this episode, then please take a screenshot on your phone and tag me and post on Instagram, letting me know what you liked about this episode and let me know what you would like to hear in future episodes. That will help me serve you better. Also, I would love to invite you to my upcoming five-day full-time music challenge. Just give me five short days and I will show you a step-by-step plan to make real consistent income with your music. It's totally free and you can register on fulltimemusicchallenge.com. That's fulltime, one word, no dash in between, fulltimemusicchallenge.com. Thanks again and I hope to see you in my next challenge.